Nimoy Rodney, season two. I hope you guys have been doing well. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great episode today. I hope you're ready. It's still new construction here in season two. On this episode, we have a special guest. Someone that I know you're going to enjoy. I'm going to go ahead and call him a friend of the show. Because I got to have him back. This young man went from being an employee at James Avery to the president of land at Hart Homes. Ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Gregory Monette Jr. All right, Gregory, welcome, welcome, to, welcome to the show, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And hey, I just wanted to let you know, thank you for letting me uh, hop on the podcast. I'm really excited about it. Uh, man, you almost had me tear it up a little bit uh, <laughs> with the intro because, I mean, yeah, I do have a journey. I do have a story and I, I, I don't think I've really told anybody my story and my journey. Yeah. So I'm really excited to share it and hopefully, you know. Yeah. Through God's work uh, with this platform he gave me. So I'm excited, I, I, man. I, I got a feeling. I'm, I'm going to share with, with the listeners, to the people that are in the audience right now that are listening to this. Prior to going live, I, I like to explain to my guests why I, I selected them. And what, you know, what, how they sparked my curiosity and to make me want to say, tell me more. Uh, this young man um, that, that we're going to be talking to and meeting and I get to introduce you to today. Um, we connected via LinkedIn. Don't know why, you know, sometimes you don't know why, but you end up connected with people. And I, I happened to have some time and I was looking and I actually, you know, take the time to look at his profile, his, uh, bio there and, you know, you can always see presently what somebody's doing and he's doing something big and he's going to tell us about it. You know, he's going to tell us about it today. But what I like to do is I look back, I go all the way back and we know people edit their profiles. They want to put the big stuff up front, but I went all the way back in his profile and I found a department store, James Avery Jewelry. Now, for some of y'all that are new in relationships, that might be where you're getting the wedding ring from. That might be where you're getting your jewelry at right now. Uh, but from there all the way to here is why we're doing this episode of Tell Me More. Rodney, I'm going to be quiet. Gregory, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man. Hey, uh, everybody. Uh, my name is Greg Monette. I am the CEO of Monet Properties, LLC, a land acquisition and development company, and also the VP of land for uh, Hart Homes, a uh, local builder out here in Houston, Texas. Um, oh. So, Okay. All right. So for my, my new people, uh, Gregory, that, that, you know, I got listeners in a lot of places and they're new. Some of them are new to real estate. I get a lot of questions. For even and, and and lately the audience has grown for new construction. I've gotten a lot of people out of new construction, kind of that working in new home sales and things like that, have really, really tuned in. And and shout out Arizona who who really spiked on the, the listening uh thing there, uh that market, uh Tucson. Um uh, but for people that don't know, land acquisitions, 
Tell us what that is. A lot of people have no idea. What is what does a land acquisition person do? What is that department? Yeah, sure. So land acquisition is basically uh, so you you're out looking for land and it can either be a lot, a single lot here and there might have been a vacant property that got torn down or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're building a single home all the way up to you're looking at a 20 acre to a thousand acre a piece of land that you're going to get it ready to do a subdivision. So it's pretty much either you buying a piece of land to build one house or you buying a piece of land to build a thousand homes. And so it kind of encompasses all of that. Okay. Now, how do y'all go about that? Because there's a lot of, I done it, I did an episode called Due Diligence and I said, I can't do this any justice without getting Gregory on here. Cause you know, there's a lot of due diligence and, and, and research that you guys do. It's not just going out there finding it. You, you, you do a lot of research, uh, uh, resourcing and, and things like that. Like, what is that process like and everything? And how do you get good at that? I mean, for people that are thinking about wanting to get into this, I mean, I mean, uh, in the industry, we call you guys land guys, you know, our land women, you know, because you guys are dealing in land and everything like that. But how do you get that skill? Tell me tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, so it's a process. Of course, everything that you want to do, it takes practice. It takes good mentors going to the right school sometimes and having a good mentor. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately for me, I went to the Masters of Land and Property Development with Texas A&M. Okay. And, um, and they, there they teach you what it is you need to look at when you're looking at either a commercial site or a residential site for new construction. Um, but in a nutshell, so if you're looking at a smaller piece of land, you're looking at, okay, is it in the flood zone? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it, can you build on it first of all? Because sometimes... Like this week, I found out there was a property that had a pipeline easement running in it. And that's really popular in Texas. So, um, of course, you want to look at comps, too, to make sure the numbers make sense. But it's a lot of stuff to look at when you're looking at land. You want to look at the location. You want to look at um, any neighboring properties that might affect your your your, um, it might affect your sale at the end of it. you want to make sure you can build it. First of all, that's really yeah. important because some lots you might buy, you know, you might not be able to build on it because the square footage is too small. You know, in some cities, they require a minimum lot size that you have to adhere to. Um, and sometimes they have setbacks, which is like this is the footprint of the lot of the home. Mm-hmm. And you have to build a home 20 feet, say, from the road, and it has to have five feet on the side or something like that. They call those uh, setbacks. OK, so there's a lot of things that go into uh, looking at a piece of property to buy. Now, once you start getting into the big subdivisions, yeah. you got to find, first of all, drainage. Like mm. if if it rains, where is all that water going to go to? And yeah making sure it doesn't flood the houses. So you got to find somewhere where that water is going to go to, whether it's a creek, uh, a lake or something. And sometimes you have to dig the tension and all that. Um, You have to look at the easements on there. You pull that from the title report. Um, If there's pipes lines running through it. Yeah. um, Trying to think what else. 
No, it's too I, long. I, 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 no, no. I, it's and it's and, and the, the reason why I know I know you're saying I wish people could see your expression because you, like you're giving me that Rodney. It can be exhausting. It's a lot of research and due diligence that goes into it because you've seen the popularity, you've seen the influx of people coming to Texas, and I see it out there. I have a lot of agents and realtors uh, reach out to me, and they're like, "Oh, I got a customer, and they want you know they a piece of land to build a house on." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, there's way." more to it than just finding a lot for sale and 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 having these people go buy it you know because they might can't build they may not be able to build what they want on that on that structure or on that property or the type of structure that they want there could be like you say setbacks easement there could be deed restrictions all of these things that come into play so i know how important that is for my people that are in new home sales uh i, I was talking to a, a young man and he was talking about you know, new communities and things like that. And I go, man, if I could tell you the, the the work that was done before that sign that said coming soon came up, right, Gregory? Before you see the coming soon sign, there's so much work and there's a whole team and a whole department. And a lot of people don't know about the land acquisition department. I'm telling you, you just, you, you, you guys are a, a, a niche group uh, I like to say specialized, very specialized group of individuals. Everybody knows the sales. Everybody knows the construction with the home builder, right? Everybody kind of knows there's a there's an office. Everybody kind of knows that. But the, the general public and a lot of people, they have no idea on that land acquisition side. And really, really, and I don't know how much of this you might agree with, but I I was trying to explain to the young man that the strength of the young acquisition team is actually the strength of the builder. Mm hmm. Yep. Because at the end of the day, you can't find you can't build a house. You can't build a home building company if you don't have a land department. There you go. Like Land is the foundation of everything. There if we you can't go. find good land at a good price that's buildable. Then it's like you you throw your money away or you can't like you can't build on anything, you know. Yeah. And, so, and, and I know I got one of the best guys out here. So I, I know and we're we going to get into some things uh, that, that you're doing and, and that I'm going to tell you right now, I'm very impressed with. I'm very, very impressed. I'm very proud of you and, and what you're doing and everything like that. And I send prayers and everything for the continued to, uh, success uh, for, for this journey that you've been on and everything like that. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and my listeners because I know they're in the car right now. They like, yeah. right. Come on, tell us who we got it. We got to get to know this person on another level and everything like that. So let's get into it. Um, working in in this, and and you've worked for builders uh, and and in independent as well. What would you say is the biggest difference between the two? Kind of for you know going being independent, doing this, and maybe working for a home build, large or small. Uh, but what have you seen? What have you noticed? Because that's fairly recent, right there. So I want to see how how's that change how's the weather been you know is that grass greener how's the grass you know that's kind of what Rodney's right. talking about yeah yeah no I can I can say uh, uh, I'll, I'll say two things so right now we're focused more on like infill lots which is like I said you see a lot in town from a house that got torn down or something so mm-hmm. it's a single lot right okay when I was at uh Lenar friends with development it was more of master plan community subdivisions. And uh, those two projects are completely different night and day. Like for instance, 
a land deal or a single lot deal, the due diligence period on that might take 60 days. And that includes permitting everything. So from, okay. from contract to time to build a house, it might take maybe 60 days. Sometimes in certain jurisdictions, it's like 30 days, mm-hmm. right? If you're looking at a big subdivision deal, man, you got at least 18 <laughs> months before you're ready to start building homes on it because man, it's like, (laughs) you got to get bond issuances. You got to get attorneys involved. Sometimes you have to form MUDs, um, utility districts. You got to bring in your own utilities. Like you got to build a water facility. You have to hold elections. Like it's a whole line (laughs) of stuff that you got to work with. Uh, So, on on the on the bigger scale stuff is a lot of people and it's it's a big team that's involved and it, it takes a lot mm-hmm. of uh, experience and understanding to do those bigger projects. Yeah, where I'm at right now is uh, it's a lot easier to work with. Uh, but I will say that we are working on bigger projects to get into those subdivisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get there. But from a career standpoint. Working for a big corporate builder is, is great mm-hmm. um, when you want to get experience because it, it's fast paced. You're going to have a big team. You're going to have a lot of resources. Uh, and you'll see a lot of deals. And that's the best way to get experience is seeing a lot of deals. The more Repetition. deals you see, the more you'll learn um, <clears throat> and the quicker you'll learn it. Now, on, on the side that I'm on now is all on me. So it's like <laughs> I have to set up the systems, train folks, hire folks, uh, make the decisions as if it was my own money. Yeah. Um, when you're working for a corporate, it's their money. So it's not like, you know, yeah. you're not making decisions like it's your money. Yeah. But if you're a bigger, uh, a smaller corporation like ours is all on you. So you have to make sure that you have the systems in place and the team in place to make the right decisions. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you have a bad project. That's all on you and yeah. everybody's dependent on you to to make it make sure you make the right decision. So, yeah, having I, that extra fire is is it's awesome, mm-hmm. you know, because it requires you to look at things with a silver, you know, a fine tooth comb. Yeah. You know, and so and yeah. it helps you grow faster. Like, for instance, <clears throat> since I've been with the company, we've met with the three uh, leaders in the municipal that we work with. Like okay. we are at the front of city council meetings when we need to make decisions. You know, if we want to help change ordinances and stuff, you know, we got the mayor on the on the on speed dial, you okay. know, so it's all about you're at the front line of things, which yeah. is awesome. You know, if you have the experience when you're on the corporate side, you have other people that might be more tenured that they make those calls. They are the ones that are up front. So um, so far, dude, I, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I, I, that's, that, <laughs> that's, no, seriously, I want you, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of, of, of what you're doing. I'm just watching from afar. I, I'm watching and, and I'll see you post something and we're going to get into it and, and I'll be like right there. I try to be the first one. I try to be the first like, and I don't know if you're catching me like, man, Rodney's there. And it's just because I want to be the, the first person cheering and, and, and wishing you all that success. And, and everything like that. But um, you talked about that, that change and that pressure that comes on you uh, with, with change and with pressure. It also requires you to have 
you know, you got to grow some new muscles. You you got to you got to have a good foundation. Talk to me about the foundation. You got I see some pictures of some smiling people in your life. Oh, yeah. What's what's what oh. keep what what's what's keeping you up? Tell us a little bit about your structure, your foundation. Man, my so I have I have a beautiful wife of almost 10 years together um, and three awesome kids. And um, that's what fuels my fire. And then also God, man, like from where I've came, from where I've started to where I am today, it's all by the grace of God. Even me being on this podcast right now, I don't believe in, uh, what's it called? I don't believe in uh, not... I forget what it's called. Um, I don't believe in superstitions or whatever. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Everything happens for a reason. And sometimes you don't understand that reason. But God, if you believe in God and let him direct your paths and you take the steps that he tells you to take, even if you're fearful, even if you're concerned or worried about it, he will always direct your paths no matter what you do, no matter where you go. And so that has always been my foundation. Like, for instance, Matthew 6, 33, you know, you you look outside and you see the birds in the air. You see the the flowers and how they're fed and stuff. And then you sit there and you think like, man, do I take this opportunity and and take this new job? Do I move to this new city? I don't know what's going to happen. Well, you look at those birds, you look at those flowers and God says, I will feed them and I will clothe them. I will take care of them, basically. Why, if you were made in my image, why wouldn't I treat you better than I do those things that I didn't make in my image? Mm. Gregory, why wouldn't I take care of you if you are my son or you are my daughter? I, and so I, that's that's kind of like in my in my rough patches, that's what keeps me grounded. It's like, okay, dude, this is a walk of faith. This whole life is a walk of faith. And so when you start to doubt, when you start to worry you're not exercising faith and you have to check yourself and be like, okay, am I doubting right now? Well, I'm doubting God. Okay. I need to have faith because he's never let me stumble before. He knows the path. He knows his plans that he has for me. He knew me before the earth was created. Yeah. Why am I trying to make my own plans? Let him lead me and let him guide me and let him make his way. And I can, I can tell you from, from my experience, he's blessed me and he's never let me stumble at all in my life. Wow. So wow. And that's listen, my foundation. I, I, want, I, I, want, I want that person that, that just heard that and they may have to, to replay it or rewind it because I know I will. But that could come a time later on where you need that. You know, sometimes these kinds of messages and things that come to us. You know, you don't know why you're hearing them. And I, I agree with you. Things don't just happen by chance. This thing is mm-hmm. just not an accident, you know. So I, I hope the person listening to this, uh, just whatever the day is going, whatever they have going on, whatever decision they're thinking about making, because we're all there, right, Gregory? We're making these decisions. I tell people with a job, somebody's thinking about something else, right? Some people are working on a job right now, and they're going, I want more. I want better. And, and it's waking them up, and they're thinking about this thing. There's somebody who's started that new thing, right? Somebody that's gotten going, and, and they're going, I don't know if this is going to, I'm going to make it. And they got that, what they call it, worryation is a, a lack of faith, and they're 
they're right. worried right now. So uh, I hope that encourages them no matter what uh, side they're on. And I, Cause I know it's going to help Rodney. Rodney going to take that one. I don't know if they going to get anything out of it, but <laughs> I'm going to get something out of it. And I, and I really do uh, appreciate that. Now you guys also had the, the challenges with the, the land acquisition with the supply chain. I mean, a lot of people think that was just construction. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand the infrastructure. And I heard you talking about that, the, the infrastructure uh, and stuff that need to go in to, you know, the, the, the curbs, the roads, all these stuff that needs to go in on the land acquisition side and bidding that stuff and the pricing and keeping the deals together and things like that. How was that? I mean, you were working during that time. So I just always ask everybody about their experience uh, during the, the COVID pandemic and their, you know, what you were doing and, and how was it impacting you and your career? How, how was that for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was challenging. And even to this day, it's still kind of challenging. Uh, concrete prices are still a little high. Mm-hmm. Development costs are a little high. Uh, of course, land skyrocketed. And, yes. you know, everybody wanted a, a nice little return on their land that they sat on for 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, impacts home prices. Um, like I saw concrete go up from, I think it was like maybe... 200 bucks uh, a linear foot for a WSD uh, water sewer and drainage. Mm-hmm. And it went all the way up to about 280 wow. a linear foot. So, it, that, I mean, when you crunch your numbers, <laughs> yeah. you're still trying to put houses on the ground. Affordable I mean, houses. Still, Try, trying to put affordable houses on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there was some develop, And then on top of that, you got interest rates going up, right? Interest rates went up at least two to three percent over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. So like I said earlier, some projects, they might take two years, two to three years before you can even put lots on the ground. So you might buy a piece of property two or three years ago. And then now you finally start penciling, you know, putting, um, getting your builders assembled or putting the roads in and stuff. Mm-hmm. The, pro- the numbers don't work anymore. Yeah. Right. Because not everybody can pay, um, an extra ten to twenty thousand dollars for a lot, yeah. you know, to cover for your development costs, you know, and that's tough, you yeah. know, to walk away from some of these projects. Like if you get a like a hundred acre project, right, mm-hmm. or I even say a little smaller, a twenty acre project, that could easily be a twenty million dollar project. Wow! Imagine having to walk away from say you're ten or fifteen million dollars into it. And your builders say, hey, I can't afford these lots because construction costs have went up 30 percent. Yeah. I can't afford to pay an extra 20 percent for these lots. I'm sorry, dude, but I got to walk. I'll walk my earnest money. I've seen seen builders drop one point five million, two million dollars and just let let the developer have to earn his money. Yeah. Just because the market shifted too much. And it was too much risk to proceed with the project. And that's on the builder side. Yeah, exactly. You can only imagine what the developer, if he's put up his own 10 to 15 million and he's got some private equity guys that put up, you know, even more mm-hmm. and they have to walk a deal because the market shifted. Yeah. So, uh, Man, it was, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was tough. To, to say the least. I mean, because you're, 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 uh, 
you know, people, they just watch the headlines and they say affordable housing and things like that. And I know new home sales counselors and they're looking at price sheets and they say, oh, the, the home prices are going up or this is going up and everything like that. But I tell them before you sat foot in that model home and started selling homes, prices were going up way before then. And, 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 and it could have been all good intentions to deliver this type of product in that community or this type of affordable house. But you know, as things go up and things increase, it impacts every department, which again goes to the consumer, right? It, it ends up going to, hey, uh, buyer, you know, X, buyer G, uh, here, here's the new price of this home. And, and, and people, you know, sometimes get sticker shock and then the builder's going, hey, I already own these lots. I got to, you know, go through and say, I got to put a house on every one of these homes. So it's a lot of pressure in real estate, but I want people to understand that pressure because I get a lot of people who work on the sales side and the construction side that listen to the show. And I want them to understand that there's a whole nother department that has a lot of stress as well. You know, that they're sitting there going because you want that deal to, you know, you want it to flourish. You want it to be successful and, and profitable and deliver good homes and good products. And I, I want to know how that fe- how is that feeling where you've done a land deal? It's it's closed. They started building and selling and let's say they sold out that community. Do you do you guys ever go back or drive through or drive by those communities just to kind of see. Do you guys ever take it in? I always had that question of, of from for, for someone working in land acquisitions and working in land. Do you guys ever look back and, and, and go see it? Because now you're seeing trash cans, families, because you have to have that type of vision in, in order to do what you're doing. You have to believe that that's going to be the end result. Do, do you guys ever take that in? Have you ever done that? Yes. So actually, that's <clears throat> that's one of the things that got me excited about the land side is, you know, I remember I think I was two weeks into working on the land acquisition side and um, I drove my first community and I was like, wow, dude, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy this raw piece of land that's trees, and trees. cut down the trees, put the rows in and then families are going to be there. Yeah. You know, so that is such a rewarding feeling when we you can see you can see a project go from nothing and you take the vision and it comes to life. Yeah, and I mean, man. that's that's one of the most beautiful and rewarding feelings that you can have. I mean, even to this day, I, I just love <laughs> driving projects. It's like just seeing like the the, the um, frame go up, the, the slabs and then seeing a like a 20 home community just get built out from ground up. Yeah. And it's, it's an awesome feeling. You see I, that detention pond go in and playground, you know, it, it's, it's awesome. Man. Yeah. It I, I mean, awesome. and, and Gregory, what, what you're seeing is you, you see, think about all the people that are impact. You impacted the community, the local businesses, those kids that are going to be in those rooms. They grow up in those rooms, those families, some real estate agent got paid, some sales counselor got paid. Like all of these people don't, you know, sometimes they, they don't realize how, you know, how connected we are in, in all of these departments and, and everything like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. This is, that was more of a, a Rodney question, something that I always wondered, like, do they ever go back and, and look at these things and, and see them, you know, and it's like going back to your old high school, right? Like you, you go back in there and you have a look and you're like, yeah, yeah, I remember this. I remember this. And, you know, seeing that change and everything like that. But talk to us a little bit about what, what you got going on right now, because now we got to 
be nosy. Tell me about this, the, the name and this new project you got going. Yeah, for sure. And hey, give me one second. My family just came in. They might be a little loud. Hey, nah, I appreciate that. That, that way people know this show is real. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on one second. Yeah, go ahead. I tell everybody right. on the show. We do we do it live here on, on Tell Me More, Rodney. Hey, nah, no kids getting in and everything like that. We got what one more week left of school. Nah, we got life. We got life going on around us. But t- tell us, tell us about that new project you got going though. Yeah. So um, right now, uh, so right now we. So I'll, I'll kind of back it up a little bit. So we started last year. Me and two other partners. Um, former public builder they worked for public builder for a while and then they started their own company last year they did about maybe about four custom homes or something and so this year we're slated to do about 50 to 60 homes this year and uh the goal is next year to be in a subdivision at least one subdivision and um have one of our own self-developed communities of maybe 30 to 40 homes um and so right now we're in two different cities, Anawak and Cleveland. But okay. I'm trying to get them to keep expanding and growing to different areas. Um, so yeah, we're growing, man. It's yeah. it's fun. It's fun seeing the um, seeing the plane get fly around while we're building. It, <laughs> you yeah, know, and yeah, being a part of that process. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So like doing all this and figuring all this stuff out has always been what I wanted to do. So it's really exciting to be able to call the shots. And because you're in land, you can tell everybody where to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, right. Like, yeah. hey, man, look, I want you to go to Brenham. I want you to go to college station. Yeah. I want you to go to Beaumont. I like the area. Y'all go ahead. I bought five lots out there. Go ahead. And yeah. Go. Hey, I, I got a lot. I got a lot of people that listen to this show out of Beaumont. Shout out Beaumont. Hey, hey, they coming. Gregory's coming, Beaumont. He's Yo. getting ready to do some things out there. I got a lot of people uh, checking in right there. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because I know the family just got in and everything like that. But before we go, everybody knows we like to have a little fun on Tell Me More Riding. So I got a little question for you. As you can see, I done broke out the cards. I'm not breaking out the dice. We done did the dice. I'm going to ask you some questions here. We're going to see if you can answer. I'm shuffling them up. My passion, everybody knows, is to be a game show host. So, Greg, have you ever seen The Family Feud? I have. I okay. It. Okay. Good. That, that's that's what we that's what we getting ready to do real quick. I'm gonna ask you a question. There are gonna be six answers to it, and since we talk about real estate, I think this is gonna be an appropriate question here. Name a traditional monopoly token. There are six of them. How many can you name? Okay. We're going to take a quick pause right now. And I want to ask that questions to the audience. Can you name all six of the Monopoly tokens? Let's get back to the episode. Monopoly. Monopoly, Monopoly board. Uh-huh. Uh, come on. Here we go. He's, he's uh, leaning back, everybody. Man. Oh, by the way, you got less than less than 45 seconds. Go ahead. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Monopoly board. I haven't played in a while. I, Maybe a house, uh, 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 a bike. 
Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Hey, when, when you get done, I wanted I wanted you to ball. I had to have you there. I wanted you to be like, how, somebody's listening to it going, house and a what did he say? <laughs> Hey, you gonna make me go play Monopoly? Yeah, yeah, with with the family. <laughs> hey, guess what though, Gregory? You just did your first episode of Tell Me More, Roddy, man. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, give them the name of the company before we go. Yes, sir. Hard Homes and then Monet Properties. L- just in case you missed that, it's Heart Homes and Monet Properties, LLC. Special thanks to Gregory for coming on the show, supporting us here at Tell Me More. Rodney, man, we all so proud of you and what you're doing from James Avery to your own development company. Yo, this is why y'all got to keep listening to Tell Me More. Rodney, we have some truly, truly special people who are getting ready to do some big things all across this beautiful world we have. And y'all remember this. It's a good life. All right? Tell me more, Rodney. Season 2. Season 2.